This is a bonus episode of Making Sunday Happen, The New Normal, a South Carolina Baptist Convention update with Matt Freeman and Alex Lyons. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Making Sunday Happen. Over the next few weeks, we're going to release a few bonus episodes all on the new normal. So all about information and insight into opening your church building back up. What other churches are doing, what we're hearing from churches, what other consultants are hearing, that sort of thing. Okay, This week, I welcome Matt Freeman and Alex Lyons from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, these guys are talking with hundreds of churches across the state of South Carolina and have a great pulse on what churches, large and small, are doing across the state of South Carolina. Now, every state is different, but I want to give you Matt and Alex's insight on what they're hearing churches are doing to give you some ideas and some insight into what you might do at your church. If your decision has not been made as far as your welcoming back plan, Hopefully, today we'll give you some insight into how to make that decision. Uh, And then also, if you have made those decisions, this will give you uh, some further uh, ideas on uh, maybe some things that you can do um, as people are coming back into your building, that sort of thing. Okay, so we're going to jump right into my interview with Matt Freeman and Alex Lyons from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Here we go. Hey, guys, today I welcome two friends of mine, Matt Freeman and Alex Lyons. What's going on, guys? Sounds good to see you, buddy. All right. So, uh, Alex, uh, why don't you kick us off? Uh, we're jumping right in here. You guys both work for the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Why don't you uh, start off? You're, you're kind of new to your, to your post. Why don't you uh, take a minute and tell us what you do? Yeah. So, um, I am the new creative director of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. I moved here to South Carolina from Tennessee in uh, – March, I spend a grand total of 12 days inside of the actual office before being quarantined right here and in my little 12 by 12 uh, uh, space where I've spent the past two months uh, helping assist uh, our convention churches in learning how to stream and creating digital content, uh, directing some of the creative look and feel of our, us on the convention side and assisting churches as well during this, during this time. So. I know. I, I've known you for a little while, and uh, I think I've only seen you in your in this room. Like we've we've never had lunch. We've never. I mean, we're still waiting on our mod pizza lunch or whatever we're gonna do. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, they they maybe eventually they'll let me out of this room. But yeah, this has been my uh, area. You know, uh, it's it's good because I it's easy to social distance in a new place when you don't know anybody to social distance from. So yeah, yeah. true, true. <laughs> Matt, what about you? You want to introduce yourself real quick? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Matt Freeman. I am South Carolina born and bred. Grew up in the Upstate, and uh, my ministry background experience is 
kind of all over the place from very small traditional Baptist churches to getting to lead in some of our larger, larger mega churches in multi-ethnic worship experiences. And then uh, our family moved to Columbia in 2012 to help be a part of planting Mill City Church. And so got to be a part of raising a church from the ground up and then started doing contract work with the convention. And I'm the associate director of worship and music. So my role is with our 2100 churches uh, to be a help and an aid in all things related to worship and music. So uh, it's been it's been fun that churches in our state are very diverse uh, in terms of size, in terms of worship, in terms of kind of what they're shooting for missionally. Uh, it's, uh, it's very challenging, but it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to have you guys on real quick, and uh, I'm sure I'll have you on later. We'll, we can kind of do a longer uh, thing, but I wanted to uh, just touch base with you guys on what you're hearing from South Carolina churches. Um, obviously, we're, we're in one state, so you know different states are doing different things, but I'd love to kind of get a pulse. Um, and Matt, you, you've kind of been on the ground with a bunch of different churches, so I'd love to just kind of walk through what you guys are seeing and just kind of get a temperature check of South Carolina churches um, in the, in the well, obviously one of the largest denominations in the state. So uh, Matt, what, give me a temperature check. Yeah, I think, I think most churches are moving towards regathering and that is it's looking at the preponderance of information we've been given from CDC, from, uh, national and federal entities all the way down to our governor and mayors, there is a general trend in our state towards reopening. Businesses have slowly started to reopen. And as they've done that, our churches have started taking similar steps. And so I've been, I've been excited about that. Most of them are moving in wisdom. I think the biggest determining factor for a church on, on their reopening or regathering phases has to do with their size So smaller churches are able to do that a little more easily than larger churches. And so the general trend, so temperature is towards regathering size is the biggest variable at play when it comes to how quickly. Uh, Alex, jump in here. What have you heard from a creative uh, standpoint working with the churches that you guys serve? For sure. Yeah. As Matt said, I think the general direction is churches are trying to assess how to uh, regather the most wisely, uh, being able to um, uh, be good stewards of uh, their people that they've been called the shepherd. I think that in addition to that, I think there's also conversation of how to continue to incorporate uh, technology uh, yeah. moving forward. I think the idea for some might have been, well, this Zoom thing and this digital platform is good and Facebook Live is good for this time, but then can't wait to be able to, you know, sit next to each other and be able to gather soon. And I I think throughout this, our churches have begun to see, some of them have already seen the value, but others have seen, begun to see the value of communicating to congregations digitally, uh, not just as social media channels being a way to push events, but being able to be a true resource to to gather and and communicate and commune with each other. Uh, I've heard churches continuing to utilize Zoom for small groups, specifically with uh, those with younger children, as they you know not able to necessarily be ready to uh, drop their kids off at a nursery or or a preschool. Um, uh, being able to see how they can continue to leverage. 
uh, digital platforms uh, uh, in addition to gra gathering uh, physically in locations has been encouraging for me to see. Uh, yeah, Matt, I was just going to add. You're good. I was going to add to that. It, the conversation on in-person gathering and digital gathering has shifted from either or to both and. Good. And Good. that's been very encouraging. And I think it's going to be very necessary in, in kind of the coming season and Absolutely. hopefully in perpetuity. Have you seen pastors that are maybe either were opposed to, to online or just not giving it much attention kind of be forced to move that direction and then see the value of it moving forward? Has that been your uh, sense? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have any metrics on that, but the, the general, the general trend in terms of the calls we're responding to and, and our own zoom calls and stuff are trying to help churches figure that out, how to do recording or live streaming. So there's definitely an uptick in all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the transition has been from at the start, we had churches broadcasting their uh, Facebook lives upside down and uh, you know, to now being asked what camera and what interfaces should I have? I have, I want to have my camera in the balcony and I want to have a, the, you know, this amount of throw and, and what ought, so asking questions to try to, uh, utilizing the resources that they've had in this time, you know, be it iPhones and and the like, and just utilizing their you know signals from that to being able to lever to ask the questions of how can I do this uh, better and what is you know kind of the best practices moving forward. So um, we've also had churches in the beginning that I mean Matt can attest we have churches in that have never stopped meeting uh, physically. We have churches that have oh met in parking lots via RF and outdoor services. And then we have had churches that have had hybrids and only meeting online. So I think that uh, some churches are doing what they feel they're called to do. Some of our churches are in very uh, disconnected as far as internet is concerned. So they're the, uh, the ability to do virtual services have been a, uh, a challenge for them. So it's not just the, I don't want to, it's that we don't have the IT infrastructure within our area to be able to do an online or even a pre-recorded because the upload is going to, I had one pastor say it took him five and a half hours to upload his 30 minute message to Facebook for, for a watch party. So uh, some of the challenges that we've seen have not just because they've been apprehensive to it, but because there hasn't been an infrastructure in place within the state to be able to accomplish what their goals have been. Matt, are you seeing people take a step in the direction so of reopening, meaning is drive up church an option, is limited seating, maybe a ticketed RSVP kind of thing, uh, multiple services throughout the day? Give me a sense of the steps, the path to reopen that a lot of the churches that you serve are, yeah. are talking about. Okay. Yeah. And again, th this is very size dependent. So I would just say from a, uh, our smaller churches have tended to use their parking lots to do drive up services or just, you know, loaded out a sound system and done it that way. Uh, a lot of our smaller churches have started to, to regather. A lot of that was kind of triggered with our Zoom call with the governor, which was, was great. They kind of felt the freedom, you know, within their leadership to, to be able to, to make the call. Okay, our, our fellowship, again, autonomy in our churches, 
gives them that freedom to, to take that step. Uh, church is kind of in the middle range for the most part. So I would say churches at size 100 all the way up into the upper upper hundreds, so not quite mega church. Those churches are starting to take steps now. Uh, the general trend has been uh, they're, they're trying to get in-person small groups or Sunday school classes back going, whether that's at the facility or in homes. So allowing those families to reconnect and do Bible studies to maybe even have watch parties on Sunday mornings to get back in that rhythm. Uh, and then it becomes a multiple service approach or a, uh, you reserve, you reserve your spot, RSVP, something like that starting in June uh, with no kids activities. So it is literally walk into the building for services, exit the building. And, and again, like I said, that's at, at earliest June for most of those churches. And then most of them look, are at least saying they would like to try to be open, you know, with children's activities. And even if they're still in a multiple service or RSVP only kind of situ situation by the time school starts. I've heard a lot of churches just not wanting to touch children's and students with a 10 foot pole right now. Yep. Um, yep. Has that been, uh, you guys have experienced like no one wants to be the, fir the first to open up, you know, children's ministry. Yeah. As a, as a new guy moving here to a new state and not knowing necessarily anybody yet, uh, I have a, um, a three-month-old, and I will tell you as a father, I'm not necessarily just personally uh, looking forward to uh, dropping my you know, three-month-old with a new church uh, that I don't know any of the volunteers, what their habits are, you know, regardless of how clean or whatever they can say they are, you know, uh, I'm not necessarily ready personally to do that. And so thus, I would say that I'm not in necessarily in the minority of young parents who may feel similar to that. And so shy of that, that's where, again, I think there's value in having uh, digital groups where you're able to uh, uh, meet with uh, with uh, within a small group after the kids are in bed. So that way you yep. can connect and do do that and facilitate a small group that way. Um, as far as kids, um, we, since we have not been fully plugged into a, uh, a church here yet, we have uh, participated in some preschool Zoom calls with uh, some churches in Tennessee to be able to uh, have the kids interact with their leaders and see their friends and and do the motions of the music that they are familiar with. Uh, so to me, being able to do that, I think has been a little bit good for children to be able to do that. But yeah, I have not encountered necessarily anybody who has been gung-ho to uh, include uh, youth and uh, children in a physical capacity. Yeah. Matt, you were going to speak to that? Yeah, I was just going to say there, there are some churches that are going to, uh, but they're going to obviously try to follow uh, CDC guidelines and social distancing and uh, sanitation, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be uh, limited to smaller, smaller classes and stuff like that. Again, large majority of the churches aren't, aren't messing with it. Here's what I hear them doing. Uh, what Alex said, high quality online. So videos and interactive materials. I've heard a lot of churches say we want this time to be um, this season to be a, a growth opportunity for parents in terms of discipling their children. So the materials they're putting out are aimed at that, not just saying, here's the box. It's a, here's how you can disciple your kids. For the churches that are starting to regather, uh, I, I, th I think some of those churches are trying to do a family style worship 
where the service is smaller, the sermon's shorter, maybe there's more kids elements, so that children who can handle it can actually be in the room with the adults and parents. And, um, and so that's, that's, one, that's one approach. And then just the, again, general trend, most churches aren't going aren't gonna to pull the trigger until they see the schools reopen. So I think everyone's got in mind, okay, we're, the summer is going to be multiple services with no children, no activities really outside of Sunday morning worship or some kind of small group Sunday schools in the facility, and everyone will try to ramp up towards the fall. So a couple more minutes with you guys. You mentioned an interview that you guys did with the governor. Um, tell me some things, Matt, that you guys learned uh, from that conversation that might be beneficial for our state and other states. Well, just in general, the fact that the governor was willing to hop on a call with us was a big deal. He is a man of faith. He's a member of a Presbyterian church here in Columbia. And I think it was just very encouraging. We had hundreds of people on that call, hundreds of pastors and leaders. And he was, uh, he took a very pastoral approach. He, he, he was great. In terms of what he said to the state was that given the First Amendment, that they don't have the ability or the authority to, to have churches cease from meeting. They made recommendations, and their recommendation was, as churches can, go online and have a non-in-person presence that they ought to do that. And so majority of churches decided we're going to be good missionaries to our city, to our culture. We're going to love our neighbor well, and they did that. Uh, but he did clarify and say, we never said that. And he said, I think we're moving, and you can see the last couple of weeks, he was his words were accurate. We're moving towards reopening, and we think churches should be able to do that. So if churches want to gather this Sunday, they can. We're just asking them that they follow social distancing rules, practice proper hygiene. And he mentioned a handful of things, but the, the, a specific question was asked, you know, should churches kind of operate on the, the guidelines that were put on big box stores and restaurants, so the 20 to 25% of capacity? And he said, yes, that is a very good guideline. Uh, from the governor's call and then all the way through national entities. That number is somewhere between the 20 to 50 range. Every time I hear it, I think churches just have to use wisdom uh, on yeah. that and make good decisions for their folks. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. It's, right. it reminds me to the verse, you know, that Paul says that at everything is uh, permissible, not out of everything is beneficial. So mm -hmm. using wisdom, just because you can do something using wisdom and our role within the convention is to help people uh, navigate towards what is the wisest thing to do. Uh, last question for you guys, Alex, you might be able to tackle this. What are South Carolina churches continuing to struggle with? What is something, are they, uh, obviously by now, I think if they've, if they needed to be online there, they figured out how to be online. Um, but what is the, the next step or what are, what are pastors and leaders continuing to struggle with uh, that you're seeing? I think the the next season is now that we've done it with what we have had is how can we take up take it up a step. Mm -hmm. um, I've been asked by several people what is the best practices for everything from how much should we pay a uh, a full time or part time uh, tech person to how should we uh, what equipment should we have given our facility? And so to me, what our goal, Matt and I's goal over the next few months, I think is to help resource and uh, equip and encourage during, you know, during this next season of what to utilize and how, what gear to, to purchase and, and what's the, the best practices. And I think secondarily is our role has been to encourage 
the these uh, media and tech and worship people. You know, every we all know that like from the word go, we've been you know majority of these guys and gals have been working double and triple time to get it out, and all of a sudden. There, you know, they got to Easter as like, you know, the finish line, but you know, we had had another month in addition to that versus yeah. the the downflow that comes after Easter. So I think what they've been struggling with per se is just being able to push forward, and even in transparency, Matt and I just trying to push forward, you know, in in the in the in the midst of this. So encouraging them to continue to continue to run after and chase chase after the goal and then be able to equip them with the adequate resources they need to uh, execute best practices for streaming and, and just digital moving forward. Matt, anything you wanted to add to that as we wrap today? Yeah, just, you know, the pastoring through this next season is going to be difficult. So you're going to have people in your church that have been, who are extraordinarily fearful still, not wanting to leave their home, not wanting to gather in groups or anything. And so the, the virtual digital platform is going to be very important for them. All the way over to the people who have, have really thought this, this whole thing has been overplayed in the media and has been politicized. And so there's this kind of fear and pride element and everyone falls on that spectrum. And so churches in, in terms of their communication to their people, how they handle reopening the church is going to need a ton of wisdom and grace. We're going to need the spirit to be active in terms of unity. So I think that's kind of a challenge. Um, part of the way we're trying to meet that challenge is, is give the best resources possible. So at scbaptist.org slash regathering church, uh, all of our offices and teams are putting resources there. And then Alex and I host a Zoom call on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. to try to answer specific worship and tech questions. And that's kind of open to all the leaders in our state. So just Good. trying to be available is what we're shooting for. Good. Awesome. Well, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, you know, we're, we're all of us are, are friends and I, I get to see what you guys are doing throughout the state and you guys are killing it. So way to serve the church, way to serve the kingdom. Uh, you're making an impact. So thanks so much for your time today, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Carl. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Well, hey, guys, as I leave you today, I want you to check out all of our resources for helping you craft your online worship experiences at 1230.media forward slash church online. 1230.media forward slash church online. Well, thank you guys for checking out this bonus episode of Making Sunday Happen. Continue to create incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next time. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.